Our guest in this episode is board director and chapter supporter, Brian Doyle. Brian has been connected to Make-A-Wish since 2009. After listening to our president and CEO, Tom Conklin, speak at a local chamber meeting, he's been hooked since and has provided his talents, resources, and support to help grant local wishes. Brian, welcome to the Wish House podcast, man. How are you? Hey, Abe. It's good to be here, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to chat with you. You were one of the guests we really wanted to have on the podcast very early on, but we were trying to figure out when is the best time. And now that we're going to be showing, you know, sharing this episode right around Halloween, it made perfect sense to have you come on right when everything is happening right in Sleepy Hollow where, where you're located. So share with our listeners, you know, when did you first hear about Make-A-Wish and what kind of motivated you to get involved with us? You know, how we got involved was, you know, Tom Conklin has that uh, that capability of inviting you in for coffee and you don't realize what's going to come after that. And uh, it was probably the greatest cup of coffee that I've ever had. Um, we started going to chamber meetings for J.P. Doyle's and, you know, Sleepy Hollow in Tarrytown just to uh, just to get our name out in the community and to kind of hear what's going on up the town hall and you know, with other merchants and stuff. And Tom would always sit in the rear of the room and, uh, you know, you could feel his presence on your shoulder every meeting. And then finally, um, I don't know, maybe he knew I was kind of the new guy in the room and he, uh, you know, he invited me out for coffee. And instead of going to the local coffee shop, you know, he says, Oh, come on, why don't you, uh, meet me at the wish house. And you know what happens after the wish house, you know, he gives you the grand tour. He starts telling you stories and uh, all the wish kids and you see the stars uh, on the wall. And uh, it made it an easy introduction to make wish. And, you know, we're fortunate and blessed that we were able to, uh, to get involved. That that's amazing. And, and, and you mentioned, you know, Nikki Bell, who's, you know, your co-owner with JP Doyle. So, sh- you know, share with our listeners a little bit about, you know, JP Doyle's, how did it get started and how did you and Nikki kind of get connected? Because it's really a package deal, you know, with, you know, you, you kind of are on our board, but Nikki's right there behind you, you know, supporting in everything that we're doing. And he's just as equally involved in everything. So um, share with our listeners a little bit about that. No, absolutely. We're a team here. And um, so we opened up in 99, September of 99. And unfortunately, right before we had opened up, Nikki's brother was, uh, Unfortunately, he was killed in a car accident back in Ireland, and we used his brother's initials and my last name, giving us J.P. Doyle's. And, um, you know, it was a good way to to pay remembrance to his brother, um, who was killed so young. And, you know, 99, we opened those doors, and it's been full steam ahead. There's been a lot of, a lot of bumps in the road, you know, with, uh, you know, there's a lot of variables in the restaurant industry, as you know, but um, we've... Uh, We've just kept our head down. We've, you know, we've worked hard and uh, it's hard to believe that we're 20 plus years uh, later still on Beekman Avenue and, uh, you know, a pretty big part of the community. Well, absolutely. Huge part of the community. And one of the things that was actually really exciting to see this year was that you guys just had a block party, right? Last year, we had such a good turnout. And I think Mayor Ray was so impressed with, um, with the community support that he gave us the green light to go forward and make it an annual event. So we can't always make it about JP Doyle's. It's more of like a, a Halloween kickoff. I, I, I think would be a better way to, uh, to word it, but um, we just had it 
couple of weeks ago. And uh, I'm sure you saw on social media, we were able to secure Joey Chestnut to come in. For our listeners who don't know who Joey Chestnut is, he is a competitive eater. You'll see him every 4th of July at Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. It, As you know, Brian, my favorite holiday is the 4th of July. And one of the things I watch every single year, I've been watching it since I can't remember, is always watching that hot dog eating contest. And once Joey Chestnut kind of came onto the scene and kind of took it over, and then he just finished setting a record, a world record. I forget what number he hit this year. I mean, it must have been like in the 80s or something. Um, and it, he broke his own record. So the fact that you had Joey Chestnut there at your block party, when I saw that, I was like, that is crazy. It was cool. epic, man. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, everything is so socially media driven these days and uh, it got a lot of traction and it was good for for us here at jp doyles and uh you know nikki had met him when we were down at the uh college football championship down in uh, new orleans and in the only way that nikki bell can can make things happen he was able to uh you know exchange phone numbers and uh next thing you know you know they're emailing and texting and uh joey chestnuts on a flight from fresno california to uh to New York and Sleepy Hollow. And uh, the young kids in this community, Abe, they went crazy. And uh, I've never seen a man eat like that in my life. And it, it was a cool culmination to a lot of, to, to a great, great night. It was, it was, it was the pinnacle of the night for sure. That's fantastic, man. And, and you just talked about the kids in the community and, um, and how they were just so excited to be a part of of your event that you were hosting, you know, in celebration of kicking off Halloween and just getting the entire community excited and involved because, you know, Sleepy Hollow is world renowned, man. I mean, you guys are on Beekman, but it, but the town of Sleepy Hollow has, is, is written out in books and, you know, and obviously the biggest story out of there is, you know, one of the biggest is the Horseman Burger, you know, that you guys sure. have. That's, that, that's epic right there. So share with our listeners a little bit about how it came about the, the burger. And then on top of that, you know, the headless horseman in, in history and in the story. Yeah. So um, obviously the community formerly named North Tarrytown, and you'll still see some of the bumper stickers, Abe, on the cars, you know, North Tarrytown forever. But they did. They changed the name to Sleepy Hollow. And, uh, you know, when they did that, I think they were embracing a lot of the history with the cemetery and, you know, Ichabod Crane and the headless horseman. And, uh, you know, not to toot our own horn, but we've got a pretty decent burger on our menu. And, uh, you know, Nikki's spent a lot of time constructing the perfect burger. And we decided to, to embrace the whole, you know, tourism theme and really jump on board. And we called our burger, the, the horseman burger. And, uh, I, I guess word got out there because we were on man versus food. And, uh, you know, I remember you coming down with some of the staff and you giving the the, the horseman burger a, a, sh a shot that day. And uh, you did great. I felt bad for you because you still had about three hours worth of work uh, <laughs> at the office when you went back. But uh, you were a trooper, man. And it was funny because, you know, we were so excited when Tom's, you know, had told us that, that, hey, we're going to take a kind of mini field a road trip. trip. Uh, yeah, a road <laughs> trip down the road, you know, to go visit J.P. Doyle's. We're going to support him for, well, you know, man versus food. And honestly, man, anyone that knows me knows I love food and burgers are on the top of that list. J.P. Doyle's Horseman Burger is delicious. It has that little side of chili, which is really yeah. good. It kind of tops it off. Uh, man, it's just so good. I mean, again, 
you may not want to toot your own horn, but I will. And if and we'll put a wow. link in the show notes to JP Doyle's if you guys want to come out and support them and support the Horseman Burger. It's super good, guaranteed, mouthwatering. Thanks, buddy. But you don't discriminate against too much food, so uh, <laughs> I feel like you're uh, you're an easy person to uh, to to prop us up here. So thank you. <laughs> no problem, man. You know, you guys kind of utilize food in a lot of ways as a vehicle to connect with members of our community. And one of the ways that you've been able to do that, connecting it to Make-A-Wish is through your charity softball game, which happens right there, not too far from the restaurant. So share with our listeners a little bit about that annual charity softball game that you host, along with all the other fundraising events that you host throughout the year for Make-A-Wish. Yeah. One of the amazing things here at the restaurant is there's so many different walks of life that come through the door. And uh, we've been really, really blessed with so many unique people. And, uh, you know, I, I like to tell the story, you know, we have, you know, the commissioner of baseball coming through the door and then, you know, the head of our DPW at the table next to him. And, you know, we can form these relationships where, you know, to, to do the softball game and to do any charity event, you, there's a lot of moving parts. And, um, you know, once people hear that it's for make a wish, the, the ears really open up, Abe, and um, everybody seems to want to get involved. And the more I've been involved, the more I've learned that you just have to ask, you know, what's the worst thing that they're going to say? I can't help you. I'm really sorry. Um, you know, I've been rejected enough times in my life. So what's one more time, Abe? You know, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's okay. You just, you just roll with it. And, um, um, you know, that's how this, the softball game really came to fruition uh you know there was a good connection at wfan uh, a friend of ours jimmy Huvain, really uh ha- had the the in with with craig carton and boomer we had a mutual friend um with boomer siason and then commissioner manfred you know he's a local guy and he understands the importance of, of community and um helping others and you know when nick and i had asked him abe he couldn't have been more welcoming to the idea and uh you know the big joke on wfan the following morning after that first year's massacre (laughs) by mlb over wfan was that you know the commissioner had bust in (laughs) all these ex mlb players um and you know they put a pretty good walloping on him and then to follow up the following year he brings in jenny finch and, you know, for anybody that knows softball, like Jenny Finch and Team USA, she's, she's you know, the top of the list, obviously. <laughs> so when Jenny Finch walked through the field at DeVries, I remember seeing Craig Carton's face and he was like, come on, you know, <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> this is a charity game. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she was amazing with all the young kids, though. She, you know, she signed autographs until well after 10 p.m. that night. And, you know, we had a barbecue, as you can remember, out in the outfield there afterwards. And uh, she she took selfies. You know, she signed autographs for all the, the young girls absolutely gravitated towards her. And it was good for, you know, for youth sports, I think, you know, to absolutely. see somebody of that stature. You know, a, a, that was the first big female athlete that I've ever come in contact with. And, uh, you know, I remember my daughter. She was in complete awe of Jenny, uh, Jenny Finch. And uh all six foot two stature of hers, you know, it's, she stands out, you know, that's for sure. And then you stand in the box 
and she uh, fires a fastball at you. It's pretty impressive. It's, it's very impressive. And she actually did really well this past uh, All-Star game. I think she was pitching at, um, you know, during the celebrity softball game for MLB as well. And she was like striking yeah. out everybody. So it was like, yeah. uh, it was pretty unbelievable to see, you know, just the connection of, you know, all these celebrities that you're able to get to your event and then you kind of get the community involved and then you just kind of cross pollinate that way with Make-A-Wish kind of at the center of it. And it just really makes things so special for, for everyone involved. And, you know, and, and speaking of which, you know, one of the things that I forgot to mention is that we have you down as far as stats. So you, you first gave a donation in some way in 2009 so at that point, it was 10 years after you had opened J.P. Doyle's. And then you joined our, our board in 2011 through 2017 for your first you know, uh, run. And then, um, and then you came back again in 2019 to the present. So how was that for you? Um, kind of one being kind of on the outside looking in, you know, chatting with Tom, him kind of getting you involved in some way. And then a couple of years after that initial meeting, having you invited to our board and then sharing, spending all that time there. And then taking a little break and then coming back. How how was that kind of experience for you as a member of our community who, you know, you're you're of the people, bro. So it's not like you're coming from like a very different angle, you know. So you're you're really coming from, you know, real grassroots people in the community. How was it for you to kind of walk into like this, you know, now space of a board director? That's a great question. Uh, the quick answer here is. I never realized how much the staff does up there and then becoming a board member. And, you know, the one thing that helped me as a board member, I think was the proximity of the wish house to where I live. Um, and I, I, you know, I think you remember, like I would be up there quite often, maybe too often. Um, but I felt like I could get a lot done by being up there and seeing what was going on. Um, obviously, you know, watching Denise and you like that staff that you're surrounded by, it motivated me to be the best that I could be as a board director. And, uh, you know, when my term had ended, I felt like I needed to take a step back, Abe, because you do get so immersed in, you know, I remember going into Sharon Hodney's office and seeing that that white dry erase board. And you'd see, you know, Wish Child Brian, Wish Child John, you know, Wish Child. And their upcoming trip, it would give me anxiety because I'm like, oh, my God, you know, we got to raise more money to make sure that this all, you know, comes to fruition. Right. And I, I loved being up there and seeing the the day-to-day stuff that you guys had done. And like I said, it motivated me to, to do the best that I could do. Um, and then when my term had ended, you know, it was time to kind of sit back and, and regroup, I think maybe reset my battery. Um, but at the same time, it was very, it was cool to see because like, I felt like a lot of momentum was gained through patrons of J.P. Doyle's and friends throughout the community, the New York City Fire Department community um, that we were involved with. Like everybody now had a little piece of Make-A-Wish and it was like, okay, where are we going from here now? Let's, let's do this together. And, um, you know, that never stopped. It was more of the, 
you know, going to Capri Pizza, grabbing pizza with you guys and uh, having a salad and wondering, why are we having salad today, Abe? I want pizza. <laughs> you know, those lunch meetings downstairs, they were amazing. And it was the fire that that helped drive me. And, and you know, I would come back here all fired up and jacked up. And Nikki would be like, Brian, what's up, man? I, you know, <laughs> this is what they're doing, Nikki. We got to make this happen. And he would, uh, you know, he was always on board and still is. And, and you know, not just Nikki, but, you know, Brady, the whole staff, oh, yeah. you know, Tara, oh. you know, they're, they're, they're all in. And uh, I just feel like it's once you get involved and you see the power, it, it makes you work and it drives you to do better. You mentioned about how it got you fired up and we're talking about fire. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about your other job, which is as an FDNY firefighter, one of our, um, you know, wish siblings in our chapter that now is doing fundraising. We just had our walk and he always has a team at his walk, which is JD Gonzalez. He's also a firefighter in Yonkers. I know he has an event at your, at your establishment as well, you know, to help fundraise for the walk. So you could kind of see just this constant, like intermingling of worlds that just kind of always come together. And in your case, it's really that FDNY, you know, experience. So share with our listeners, because I know a lot of them don't know it. You know, how did you get into the FDNY? What kind of motivated you back um, back in the day when you um, when you started? I always knew growing up that I wanted to be a firefighter. Um, my mom and dad had worked in the restaurant industry and, I, you know, going to college, I waited tables, I bartended. I did every single job imaginable in the restaurant industry. And I knew I could always, um, find work in the, in the restaurant industry. Um, you know, my mom and dad taught me at an early age, listen, you know, nothing comes for free here. You got to work. And, uh, you know, whether it was busing tables, you know, with 13 or 14 or, you know, our role today here at JP Doyle's, you know, I was always going to be involved in the restaurant somehow, but the fire department, um, I had an uncle who was, who was in the South Bronx at ladder 19. And I would, he was always happy. Guy was always happy, you know, going to work. He was happy. Um, I had a chance to go down to, to 19 truck when I was young and, and see the other guys. And I remember just saying, everybody seemed to love their job. And, you know, if, if you love your job, does it really work? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah. And it, it kind of resonated with me. I said, I'm going to, I wasn't the greatest student, Abe. I mean, uh, I, 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 you're preaching I to the choir time. here, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I had zero athletic skills. So I had to like find something and I put that energy into studying for the New York city fire department. And, uh, I got called, I was in the first class after nine 11. Um, I went in on October 28th. So, my 20th uh, anniversary is coming up next week on the 28th, but um, it's been an awesome ride. The greatest, you know, men and women I've ever crossed paths with, um, you know, in the fire department, it, it's, 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 it's a true brotherhood. And uh, well, it's interesting. To well, let me tell you, man, it's crazy that your episode is going to be released the week of your 20 year anniversary being with the FDNY. So Happy anniversary. Did you do that on purpose? Did 100%. You do that on purpose this is totally planned, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no stone goes unturned with you, my friend. Never, man. Because you know what? We need to give you your, your flowers, man. We need to give you your shine because, you know, having 20 uh, years anywhere 
really is a, is a huge thing. And especially to be that first class right after 9-11, after we lost 343 souls that day on, um, you know, to have you guys come in, you know, as Proby starting kind of restarting the fire department again. I mean, you were you were one of those people that really helped us get through it as a as a city. Um, I'm, I'm originally from the Bronx, so I, I have that that closeness to the city always. Um, so that is something that's special. You know, I, I lost a family friend also on 9-11 that was a firefighter from Brooklyn. Um, and I think everybody was impacted by it, especially here locally. And we really thank all first responders, firefighters, police, EMTs, everybody that really helps keep us safe um, throughout the year. And especially, you know, such, during such a critical time in our history as a country, but more specifically as a, as a city. Um, and you were one of those firefighters that really helped us get through some of the toughest times. So we can't, on behalf of everybody at the office and everyone listening, we thank you for your 20 years of service at the FDNY. And, um, and, and speaking about the FDNY, you know, I do want to share with our listeners a little bit about a wish that you were instrumental in helping grant, which was for Wish Kid Michael, who his wish was to be an FDNY firefighter. So share a little bit about how that came about. Um, and, you know, I know our listeners are going to be really excited about hearing about it. Now, most FDNY wishes go through Metro. And I think our chapter was lucky enough to get Michael's because of maybe the capacity that I was in at the time. I was, I was board chair, right? I think yep. Abe at the time. You were. Yep. Um, so I think Tom had, you know, Tom and Denise had come to me and, and, and you where it was like, Hey, listen, we have an FDNY wish. Do you think you guys would be interested? And I knew right off the bat, my guys would, would be honored to be involved in a wish. The issue is we are in a, um, we're not in Midtown, you know, you know where my firehouse is. We're up in Washington Heights. And, yeah. Uh, you know, we're kind of uh, removed from all the, uh, the pomp and circumstance that comes with Midtown Manhattan. So, you know, we reached out to Eddie Malone and Mikey Malone are over at uh, Brookfield in Elmsford and the Malones are amazing supporters of the chapter. And we said, Hey, is there any chance we could get a car delivered to 181st street? In Amsterdam Avenue. So, <laughs> Which, uh, if, for those that are listening, if you're familiar with this area, the streets are so narrow. Oh <laughs> it's unbelievable. God. The fact that you guys even yeah. have fire trucks up there is like crazy to me. Because I mean, they're and, so narrow. And the bus terminal is at the end of 181st Street. So there's city buses everywhere, and then we have this flatbed come down to Washington Heights with a uh, with a car from Elmsford, New York, and. Uh, we're going to give Michael the ultimate experience that day. So um, reached out to 84 engine, 34 truck, 95 engine, 36 truck, 67 engine. Our whole battalion converges to be involved with Michael's wish and awesome to give him the real experience. You know, he had his uniform on and, uh, and uh, he was, he was a big part of our firehouse that day. And it's amazing that, you know, years later, guys still ask, how's Michael doing? How's Michael yeah. doing? So, you know, just that day and all of the the work that led up to putting together Michael's wish still resonates in a lot of guys' uh, memory. And, uh, you know, everybody still asks when we put broccoli on the table, you know, is Michael coming for dinner? You know, because <laughs> you remember what Denise, you know, yeah. sent him that that sheet and what were your dislikes? And he wrote broccoli. So I'll never forget 
firefighter Brendan McMahon coming to the lunch table and he put a big bowl of broccoli in front of him and he said, you got to eat your broccoli today, kid. And Michael, <laughs> Michael was crying, laughing, you know, that's the true meaning of being the probie. You're going to get your horns broke a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, Michael was a champion that day. And, uh, you know, he's, he's always going to be a member of our firehouse on uh, 181st street. That's awesome. Yeah. And we'll be sure to share in the show notes, a picture of Michael with this huge, plate of broccoli so you guys can take a look at that because it's really his i mean we're talking about a mountain of broccoli that you guys brought out for him which is hysterical um actually that brings us to the next uh part of the question that i had uh for you from helping grant michael's wish you know to be a firefighter you then kind of took it to another level with our stars at home virtual talent show this was our first virtual event that we had ever hosted as a chapter. It was during the 2020, you know, pan- this pandemic year it was like right in the beginning of that. You guys as a, a whole team, you know, Bridie, Nikki, you, everybody at JP Doors, you guys really rallied together to, to submit a video for our Stars at Home talent show. And you guys actually won in 2020 with your dry martini trick, which was really cool. We'll be sure also to share in the show notes a link to this uh, amazing trick. Um, but then you guys also came back the next this past year in 2021 and submitted another video. But this one had that FDNY kind of mix to it. So share with our listeners a little bit about that. Yeah. So Claire, she had worked so hard on this Stars at Home program. You know, all you guys did. Your hands were you were tied because we weren't able to do the gala. We didn't do the softball game. We didn't do our annual golf outing. There was a lot of money that wasn't coming into the chapter. So, you know, you guys collectively, you know, put your heads together and came up with the, you know, stars at home. And it, it was something that, uh, that we knew we had to get behind, you know, and we did the best we could. Um, <laughs> it was great. You guys won, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, we won because I think we pressured a lot of our customers into voting for us. <laughs> <laughs> and we have we have a lot of good supporters out here, but uh, you know they uh, the staff here. Uh, we were really busy one night, and I, I remember you know you never want to push the envelope too much on staff because they'll they'll run the other way. But I remember saying, "Hey guys, we really need to do this tonight." And it was after a long night, and uh, we put our heads together and we came up with the dry martini trick and. Uh, I think Tara, she was the one videoing Tara Quigley. She did such an amazing job. And, um, you know, we were able to get Darlene Rodriguez involved from Channel 4, who's a huge supporter of Mm -hmm. Make-A-Wish. You know, the poor lady came in for dinner. And next thing you know, she's in the middle of a uh, a (laughs) Make-A-Wish video for the the dry martini. But... um, yeah, it was it was it was fun to do. It was a good release for a few hours to try to create something that would uh, hopefully bring in some money. And thankfully, you know, it it, it worked. So uh, it was extremely successful you know. for us as a chapter. Again, it being the first virtual event we ever hosted. The fact that we weren't able to host our our typical fundraising events you know, for 2020, at, you know, in general, to have this kind of virtual talent show that came together as a, as a team, as a staff to make it a reality. And then to have community supporters, chapter supporters like JP Doyle's and many others that 
submitted videos to take part in it, which in turn really encouraged people to fundraise, you know, on behalf of local wishes. And you get, and you did also an amazing job the, the, the next year, you know, when you guys decided to do the, the repelling, the rope repelling, you know, uh, video for, uh, for the 2021 season, right? Yeah. So with, with that, a, you know, we, I wanted to capture the 20th anniversary of 9-11. You know, we talk about never forget, never forget, never forget. And I, I thought it was important. Um, we do a lot of stuff at J.P. Doyle's. And I thought it was important to direct some of that energy towards the city fire department and mm -hmm. all those first responders. And this was a small way to kind of re remind people that, you know, this is it's a dangerous job. Um, and this is what we train for all the time. and. I hope we captured some of it. You know, the guys I was working with another evening where, uh, you know, whenever I come in with pizza, Abe, you know, I come in with two large pies and I put them on the table at the change of tours. I think the guys know something is up. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not very handy with cars, so I might need help changing brakes. I might need change, you know, help with rotors or something. This night I had to put the arm on these guys to, to create a video. And, you know, we had two guys in a bathroom window. We had two guys on the third floor and we had, you know, another group of guys on the setback, um, off the roof there. And I said, guys, we, uh, <laughs> we're going to do a roof rope rescue. Would you be interested in helping me? Thankfully they said yes, because it wouldn't have worked <laughs> if it was just me. So <laughs> they were amazing. They're always amazing. And, uh, they understood the gravity of the, the video that we were going to present. And we also got the blessing from Jimmy Long down at uh, the FDNY press desk. And we can't thank you and everyone that was involved in that video for, for participating in, in the Stars at Home, you know, virtual talent show. Because, again, it's it's one of those events that we were able to host and actually did generate a good amount of money for us during a time that we were not getting money into the office um, for wishes. So now that things are getting better, um, you know, things are looking up, it's getting brighter. You know, we are in a different place now than we were a year ago and thank and hopefully it continues yeah. to trend in that direction. So switching yeah. gears a little bit, the next part of the, uh, the podcast is we have our shooting star segment, which is a series of questions where you say the first thing that comes to mind. So we've talked a lot about Make-A-Wish and, and your involvement um, with Make-A-Wish, but out of all the memories you've made over the years, you know, what would you say is your favorite Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley memory? People, um, you know, the, the amount of people that we've crossed paths with, you know, the Jesse Germains, the Diane Tarantelli's, there's so many, you know, I, I don't want to do a, a disservice to anybody by not naming them, but um, it's, it's been so rewarding to, um, to, you know, Monica, you know, it's just, you know, I can go yeah. on and on here about this, but um, there's so many incredible people out there. And uh, the more, involved you are with make-a-wish the more amazing people you seem to cross paths with and uh i'm i'm blessed that's awesome man and you know you've helped grant michael's wish you know you've grant you've helped on the behind the scenes with a lot of other wishes as well during your connection and your time with make-a-wish you know what would you say is one of the fa your favorite wishes that you either helped grant directly or or maybe heard was granted by our chapter over the years oh there's a lot of good ones i think Wish Kid Ben was uh, 
Benjamin is, he kind of sticks out from the gala. You know, he was such a baseball aficionado and, you know, like there's nobody that knows baseball better than two people that I've crossed paths with. And one is the commissioner and the other one is a young man named Benjamin. And those two have come together and his wish was to go to Miami and go to the all-star game. And to, to see the interaction between those two and then, you know, Commissioner Manfred had invited him to the draft out in uh, Secaucus, New Jersey. And, you know, I'm watching MLB Network and there's uh, Benjamin. And it was <laughs> it was kind of surreal. I'm like, yeah, you know, he was inside the restaurant a couple of nights ago. And uh, now he's uh, in the front row in, in Secaucus, you know, at the MLB draft. But I flew down to Miami and I saw him talking to the futures all the future ball players and Benjamin knew all these statistics from all these triple a ball players. And, and I was, I was amazed that, you know, he was so, he was so in, and I think the players were taken back a little bit by, by his interest in, in everything that they accomplished and, you know, where they were from, like Benjamin knew everything. And I knew right there that, you know, the, the vetting process that goes on with the, the wish kids, you know, if you could be somebody who, you know, if you could meet somebody who would you want to meet, you know, if you could go like, this was the right wish for Benjamin. And I think you would agree. Right. I mean, hundred percent Benjamin, I, mean, he you know, loves I think baseball. we're going to be reading about Benjamin, you know, running a, a, a team someday uh, oh, yeah. sooner before later, you know, there's no doubt in my mind. Absolutely. But, I mean, know, his, his skill set with uh, uh just his memory of of stats but then it's beyond i mean with his love for baseball is just beyond the game is also the game within the game it is looking at the statistics the the analytics behind games you know putting players in positions to be successful what it takes to get there you know he's like in all of those things and now he's out in college you know what i'm saying so he will be you know one day he's a blue devil right he's yeah devil. he is so he's doing his thing i'm happy Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we can't wait to see. And I think that's one of those, those things that we, that we here at Make-A-Wish and everyone involved with Make-A-Wish, like, like you and, and, and many others in the community, we get to see these kids that have wishes be inspired and be, and get, and be given hope during such a difficult time. And then you see them succeed in life. You see them thrive by having this opportunity to kind of do something right. And Ben is a perfect example of, you know, as of all of our alumni that go out and after they have this illness that could easily kind of break you down, you know, they go out and they succeed and they, and they really live fruitful lives. And, you know, we're definitely going to see Ben again down the line, you know, owning a team or at the very least being the general manager of a team. Um, yeah. he, hopefully, I, I, hopefully the New York Mets, buddy. <laughs> for you? My, hopefully Absolutely. My, hopefully my Mets. <laughs> Man, I, I really we hope you let me tell you, man, I really hope you don't have to wait that long. <laughs> oh, gosh. I would take tough. Benjamin right now than, uh, you know than what? some of the others out there. So uh, You're probably you know, right. He probably could do better um, than many yeah. of the people yeah. out there. Oh, that's funny. And but you know, yeah. lastly, I, I just thought about uh, Wish Child Gregory's wish with the county police department. True. Something that really stuck out in my, uh, in my mind here was – you know, the, the Westchester County Police Department had done an amazing job with Gregory's wish. And at the end, like to culminate this awesome experience for him, you know, they had a helicopter. Do you remember this? The yes. helicopter? And I remember the pilot of the helicopter 
they had asked Gregory where he wanted to go. And they said, we could go to the Statue of Liberty, you know, which I think all of us would say, oh my God, let's go. Yeah. And Gregory, Gregory says, I want to fly over my grandmother's house. (laughs) So, so, So instead of going down the Hudson, and looping around the Statue of Liberty, they went over to Rye and went by Playland because <laughs> he wants to see his grandmother's house. And I remember the co-pilot was like, oh, man, we don't get to go down to the Statue of Liberty too often. So uh, I thought it was great. They were such team players where it was all about Gregory and Jimmy Greer and the whole county police department. Those guys were they were phenomenal um, at the county. And uh that was a that was a tremendous tremendous wish. It was a Gregory. really great wish, and we'll be sure to share in the show notes two video links: one for Ben's wish, and the other for Gregory's wish to be a uh, a police officer for a day. And the cool thing about the Westchester County Police is that they also participated in our most recent walk. You know, they were able to bring that helicopter for a fly over, and it was really an exciting part of the entire experience. So, you know, shout out to the Westchester County Police for always be, for being there for our walk since the beginning, because we used to have it right in Rye. Speaking of which, um, we used to have it right at Playland, and we always had that helicopter, you know, present for all of our walks when we had it there. So it was nice to bring it back, you know, 15 years later. Um, Those guys are unbelievable, walk. Abe. Yeah, they're they unbelievable. are. I have one more question for you. You know, what advice would you give to someone in the community who is interested in getting involved with, with Make-A-Wish? Because obviously you were kind of in that same position, you know, when you first were introduced to Make-A-Wish. What would you tell them to, to kind of get them through the doors of our Wish House? Oh, boy. It's a lot more rewarding than you could ever imagine. Uh, whether you're just donating your time, um, it, it, any, anything that you can offer, it's going to go a long, long way. And like I said, the people that you meet on that make a wish journey, you'll never forget them. And, uh, it, it, it'll make you, it'll make you a better person. It'll make you more driven. It'll make you want to do more. Um, you know, we just had a, a Tony Romo, uh, zoom yeah. call recently. And that was, uh, that was the direct result of somebody here, Johnny Bogus, uh, from CBS. And, uh, you know, John, I think he understood the, um, the serious level that was that was going on behind the scenes, and we needed to we needed to make that Zoom call with Tony Romo to fulfill this wish happen. And <laughs> JB was he was making phone calls day and night, and unbeknownst to us, uh, Romo, you know Tony Romo as a Giant fan, you know I never grew up rooting for Tony Romo. Right. Now I'm his biggest fan. Like to see what he did for our wish child. Um, recently but that's that's just people wanting to help others and uh you know i've learned that um just use use your relationships and most of the time people are going to come out and they're going to support you and and the greater cause which is for the kids so absolutely it's been uh it's been it's been great that's fantastic and speaking of wishes you know if you could have a wish what would be, what would it be? Because I mean, just to remind our listeners, we have five formal wish categories. They are to go, to meet, to have, to be, and to give. So if you could have a wish, what would it be? Well, I 
probably wouldn't have scheduled this 9 a.m. call with you after <laughs> working last night in the in the heights because I'm working on about an hour's sleep. And I might say I kind of wish for eight hours of sleep right now. I feel you. I feel <laughs> but, you, man. Uh, to, be, to, to be truthful, I think it would be uh, to go to Augusta and walk the grounds of the Masters. Um, you know, it's 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 something you can't you can't buy, and uh, it's such a tranquil place and. Uh, I, you know, I enjoy golf. I'm, I'm absolutely terrible at golf, Abe, but I enjoy watching it. And, uh, you know, I've been known to have a Michelob Ultra once in a blue moon. So uh, I, I would really enjoy walking the course, having a cold beer with a few friends and uh, and watching the Masters one year in April. Maybe hearing Jim Nance in my ear or something, too. You know, hello, uh, friends. Hey, but, uh, yeah, awesome. someday, you know, that's that's the bucket list. There you go. And in, and lastly, in one word, how would you describe Make-A-Wish? Well, perseverance. I think you have to persevere and, you know, keep moving forward um, with whether it's, you know, the wish granters, uh, whether it's travel plans, you know, kids getting sick again, maybe their wish being postponed. Um, just persevere and, and keep working at it and it, it'll, it'll happen. Um, on many levels, you know, there's just so many moving parts involved with Make-A-Wish that I think you need to, you know, when there's an audible at the line of scrimmage, you need to be able to uh, to adjust and, uh, you know, just persevere and, and push forward. There you go. And, and and it's that perseverance that really gives our kids that hope that they need in order to, you know, get to the next level um, and the next chapter in their lives. So, again, on behalf of everyone at Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley, Brian, we thank you, Nikki everyone at JP Doyle's you know, for helping us grant wishes here locally. Uh, we can't thank you enough for your contributions over the years. And, um, and thank you for joining us on the wish house podcast, man. No, it was awesome. Thank you for everything. And, uh, thanks to make a wish for, for all that you guys do and the staff, you guys are the best. To our listeners. Remember, you can always refer to our show notes for additional information about the topics we discussed today. We invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast to help us reach as many people as possible about our wonderful mission. Special thanks to the executive producers of the Wish House podcast, Jillian Rodriguez and Sydney Wolf. Shout out to Wish alum Brian Chin for providing our podcast theme music. And finally, from all of us at the Wish House, stay safe and healthy.